Four titles will be decided this year at Starcade. Ron Simmons defends the world heavyweight title against Ravishing Rick Rude. The unified world tag belts on the line. Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas against Flying Brian and Barry Windham. Sting and Big Van Vader meet for the first King of Campbell Championship. And NWA champ Masahiro Chono faces the Great Muda. Plus for Battle Bowl. Five men are already in the lethal lottery. Johnny B. Bad, Cactus Jack, Van Hammer, Dan Spivey, and Sting. Eleven more names will be drawn to compete for the prestigious Battle Bowl ring. What a lineup, and you can be part of it by calling your local cable company. Starcade started in 1983, but this is by far the most power-packed Starcade lineup of all time. It happens this Monday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Call your local cable company. Starcade 92 is this Monday night. Yes, Aqualads and Aqualasses, as you could tell from our little introduction there, we are only 24 hours away from Starcade 92 featuring Battle Bowl. And it is the latest edition of Brightman with a very special episode here to cover WCW Main Event Television from December 27th, 1992. As always, this is Johnny C. here in the Aqua Cave for Bright Man, the show where we just talk about whatever bright idea I have on the docket. And this is indeed a deep cut, and I'm happy to present this recap for all of you. So to set the scene, like I said, it's 24 hours before the boys at WCW hook them up at Starcade 92 featuring Battle Bowl, presented by the Cowboy Bill Watts. I have no idea what to expect from this broadcast television program, but good lord, fans, of course, I started up, like I always do, and the WCW main event intro plays. I spoke about this on our six-man tag team championship episode of Brightman, where the ring ropes form around championship belts, and the music sounds like Shadow Dancer, the legend of Shinobi from Sega Genesis. And speaking of, well, at this point, arcade video game systems, the very first thing on my screen after the main event logo forms is a box of Super Ghouls and Ghosts for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And folks, this box takes up the entire frame. This is WCW programming at this moment in time. Tony Schiavone on the call. Sink into the hideous depths of a ghoul realm with super ghouls and ghosts from Capcom. Run, jump, and hack your way through seven terrifying stages and rescue the princess. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Jim Ross and Michael P.S. Hayes here at the CNN Center wearing some Christmas sweaters. Because, folks, the show is hosted by Jim Ross and Michael P.S. Hayes, and they enter the frame dancing. Well, at least Michael P.S. Hayes does. And, like I said, they're at the CNN Center. I'm doing some finger quotes here that you can't see because, yes, they are just in front of a green screen wearing some sweaters. Now, I will give the crack production team a little bit of credit. They've added in some background noise, so it sounds like the boys are actually at the CNN Center. JR welcomes us to the program. Uh, we've hoped you've had... Oh, sorry, that's my Tony Schiavone voice. We hope you had a great holiday season, especially Christmas. Okay, let's let's review this statement. We've hope, we hope you've had a great holiday season, especially Christmas. So, you know, here on the Cowboy Bill Watts WCW, I mean... As long as it was Christmas you were celebrating, you're okay in our book. I mean, show your whole freaking hand, why don't you? 
Uh, tonight's broadcast is a special preview program. Ravishing Rick Rude is going to be with us. We've got a big tag team matchup featuring the Unified Tag Team Champions of the World, the Family Man, Ricky Steamboat, and Shane Douglas taking on beautiful Bobby and Barry Windham with you, Michael P.S. Hayes, at ringside. Also tonight, they're going to give us their personal predictions for Starcade 92 featuring Battle Bowl and some information about the hotline. I can hardly fucking wait. But let's go to the ring for our first contest. It's the natural. He's natural. Let's be he. The natural Dustin Rhodes taking on Randy Sledge. All right. Dustin Rhodes described as a lanky young Texan by Jim Ross. Michael P.S. Hayes wonders what would happen in Battle Bowl if Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham, the arch nemesis, get paired together in the Lethal Lottery. Now, if you don't have a visual on Randy Sledge, don't feel bad, but let me provide you with one. He's kind of a skinnier Chris Farley with a bowl cut, so picture skinnier Chris Farley from Beverly Hills Ninja, and that's what you need to know. Now, this contest, to the surprise of probably no one, is all Dustin Rhodes. Michael Hayes, though, has a little bit of advice for the Sledgester. Perhaps Randy Sledge should go after and target the left arm of the natural as a method to perhaps neutralize the bulldog maneuver that Dustin uses as his finish. JR wonders, will Dustin Rhodes be in the lethal lottery? Will his name be pulled from the lethal lottery bucket? Well, he's a featured competitor here on the show that takes place right before the event. So I'm going to say yes. Dustin Rhodes hits a big lariat from Texas. He then does a finger spin sign in the air, indicating the Bulldog is forthcoming. It's true! The Bulldog is hit! Randy Sledge is no more! One, two, three, delivered by referee Mike Atkins, who made sure to slide so half of his body was outside of the ring before he initiated a three count because he's a WCW referee. On the way out, I noticed that the ring announcer that announces Dustin Rhodes in victory sounds legitimately just like Justin Roberts. But let's go to the Starcade Control Center. We then see the cosmos of space, some glorious trumpets blare, and Jim Ross is in a fully computerized CGI control center with rolling tape machines and a big screen. Jim Ross, definitely the computerized man of the 92s. First up is some hype for the World Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship matchup of the world. It's Ravishing Rick Rude, the WCW United States Champion of the United States, taking on All-Pro two-time All-American Ron Simmons for the WCW World's Heavyweight Championship. Even though you and I know here in the real world that Ravishing Rick Rude is hurt with a fucked up neck and Dr. Death Steve Williams will replace Rude at the actual pay-per-view. This makes me so fucking sad because I believe it's well known that Rude was set to take the gold here and claim a legitimate world championship from one of the big two organizations here in North America and really just get his moment to shine. It didn't happen, and that's a bummer. We get a video recap of what led to the encounter. First up, it's WCW Saturday night from November 28th. We see Ron Simmons outside the ring as he's taken on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. 
Enter Ravishing Rick Rude and some hideous Zubaz pants that the man is wearing. Rude delivers a pile driver to Ron Simmons on the cold, hard, Bill Watts-approved concrete. Flash to the very next week, where Ron Simmons was pinned in a tag team match by the challenger Rick Rude. However, it should be noted that Ravishing Rick Rude illegally came off the top rope and delivered a knee while the referee wasn't looking. Because again, don't forget, it's the Cowboy Bill Watts era where he wants to be rough, tough, he wants them to hook him up, but he won't let anyone come off the top rope. You know, the theory behind that being that if we don't let... Well, I'll tell you, uh, initially there was a vote held between the NWA and the WCW to allow uh, top rope battles uh, in the heat of competition. And I'll tell you, uh, all the representatives' votes were tallied. Uh, there was a missing vote from the Puerto Rican contingent, uh, but nevertheless the votes were tallied and over-the-top rope or top rope maneuvers were banned from championship wrestling here in the world. The reason being that if someone comes off the top rope, it should be devastating enough to end a contest or perhaps end a man's career. And you got flippity-floppity guys like Brian Pillman and Juice and Lager coming off the top rope like it's nobody's business. And I'll tell you, them little fucking jumping guys coming off the top rope is ruining the credibility of championship wrestling of the world. So that's why we're making it illegal, and it means more now when guys come off the top rope. Still looking for the vote from the Puerto Rican contingent. If anybody finds it, let me know. But meanwhile, let's hoop up! We then cut to some clips from the very next week where Ravishing Rick Rude has illegally obtained x-rays of Rod Simmons' bad shoulder. Now, I did a little bit of internet research, and HIPAA was not established until August 21st, 1996. So I guess that explains how Rude was able to obtain this confidential information legally. Should also be noted here that Medusa is looking at the x-rays and laughing with Rick Rude at the shoulder injury as well. Even though it's December and not July, Medusa has chosen to dress like George Washington. I don't know any other way to describe it. Up next in the Stargate Control Center, let's talk about Sting versus Vader for the King of Cable. We see some clips of the Sting and Vader feud which uh, take us all the way back to March for goodness sakes, where they had some encounters. Fast forward to July, the Great American Bash, where Vader defeated Sting to win the WCW World's Heavyweight Championship of the World. Fast forward to the November 21st edition of WCW Saturday Night, where Van Vader's trying to give an interview, and Sting, the cheeky bastard that he is, sneaks up from behind, hits Vader in the gut with a 2x4, and then shatters the rest over his neck. Good Lord. JR promises the match will be equal parts war and wrestling. At the very first and last, King of Cable. Before the event center ends, we do get the full lineup for the pay-per-view with that sweet Starcade 92 theme that you all would have heard at the top of this edition of Bright Man. We then see a sweet computerized graphic of the 92s uh, as we see Molten Hot Gold poured into the Battle Bowl ring, and a Battle Bowl ring emerges from this molten gold. Truly one ring to rule all of wrestling. Alright, it's time for a commercial and we're... No, wait! It's time for a commercial and fans, the commercials are here. Up first, it's the Nordic Track. 
The Nordic Track helps you work out in five very specific ways that are better than Solaflex. Number one, linear motion. Number two, isokinetic resistance. Number three, the speed of your workout. Number four, expert workout instructions on printed cards and pamphlets included with your purchase. And of course, the number five reason, the price, as the Nordic Trek is only $9.99. Up next, we've got Wario trying to hypnotize the viewer. Obey Wario. Destroy Mario. It's the biggest game ever released for the Nintendo Game Boy. It's Super Mario Land 2. The six golden coins. Up next, it's time to end flakes that are a cause of dandruff and do something great with your life by using Head & Shoulders 2-in-1 Shampoo. And of course, for the older kidsters in the audience, use Oil of Olay Lotion to defend against wrinkles. Up next, a fugitive came to a family in need, to a woman who lost hope. He gave his heart to a boy who needed a father. He gave his friendship. Sometimes, even an outlaw can become a hero. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Rosanna Arquette, Kieran Culkin, and the guy who played Rod Belding on that one episode of Save by the Bell, Nowhere to Run, a Robert Harmon film, rated R, in theaters January 15th. <laughs> okay, first of all, who is Robert Harmon to get his name mentioned in this TV commercial for Nowhere to Run? Two, yes, Keard Calkin was actually called out by name in the trailer. I didn't add that. I did, of course, add Rod Billing from Saved by the Bell, but as soon as I saw the trailer for Nowhere to Run, a film that I've seen, as I'm a Jean-Claude Van Damme filmography expert, uh, it reminded me that Rod Belding's in this movie, so I had to get him in there. Number three or four, I don't even remember what number I'm at, what's with 80s and 90s movies that feature sex scenes having and including nipple sucking? I've talked about this before on some fucking podcast because Halloween 3 from 1982 features some egregious nipple sucking by the main character actor who looks like Dan the Beast Severn. You're a 1992 Rosanna Arquette. You've booked Nowhere to Run. You're aware that nudity is required and there will be a love scene. You're okay with this and that's okay. However, the love scene begins. Jean-Claude Van Damme removes your brassiere for the world to see and go straight to nipple sucking. Did you approve the sucking of the nipples? What is the character looking for with the nipple sucking? He's an ex-con. He's been locked up. Is the man thirsty? Anywho, we're back in the ring with some uh, more wrestling action. It's the United States champion, Ravishing Rick Rude. His opponent, Gary Jackson. Uh, Gary Jackson's an outstanding amateur athlete in wrestling and football, P.S. Hayes. So, let me get this straight. The day before Starcade, Ravishing Rick Rude, totally fine to wrestle in a full athletic encounter, but tomorrow, he's not. Obviously, WCW keeping the Rude injury hidden. Whatever. Early in the match, Gary Jackson hits a monkey flip in the corner. On the way down... He saw you, and he saved you from yourself. No, not really, but on the way down in this monkey flip, Gary Jackson puts one finger in the air and spins it side to side. Is this monkey flip his finish, and he forgot to signal for it? 
Or is he perhaps signaling that he'll finish this up with the Gary Jackson special? We'll never learn, because Rude gets right up and punches Gary Jackson like a bitch. Ravishing Rick Rude then hits a suplex and tosses Mr. Jackson to the cold, hard, Bill Watts-approved concrete. A pile driver, good lord, is delivered on the concrete. There are jobber bodies everywhere here, as Mr. Jackson is tossed back inside and pile-driven again for an easy one, two, three. P.S. Hayes calls out, he didn't even use the rude awakening. It's true. He now has a microphone, that being ravishing Rick Rude. He calls out Ron Simmons. Well, Mr. Rude, you better not step to Ron, because here he comes. Ron Simmons sprints to the ring and dives in head first. Ravishing Rick Rude's microphone he's using to cut this promo has a cable attached to it that Ron Simmons has to move out of his way so he doesn't get tangled up like a small child. Ron Simmons now in the ring with Rick Rude, and Ron allows Mr. Rude to continue cutting a promo, insulting him face to face. Jim Ross calls this a very volatile situation. Ravishing Rick Rude is still talking, and then, oh my goodness, he assaults the all-pro, all-tackle champion with the microphone. Hey, did you see that? Simmons tried to hit Medusa. <laughs> JR claims, oh, that's a bull-faced lie. Ron Simmons does fire back, though, and eventually hits an insane back-body drop that sees Rick Rude get more air than uh, somebody who jumps high. Uh, Ron Simmons down into a three-point stance. But no, Ron Simmons' shoulder is driven into the buckle. And oh my goodness, Ravishing Rick Rude is then tossed over the top rope by Ron Simmons, which of course causes an instant disqualification here in the Bill Watts era. But wait, it wasn't a match. But fans, we'll be right back! We then uh, hear uh, Tony Schiavone letting us know about some great upcoming WCW Live events, including tickets still available for Starcade tomorrow night in the Omni. We're here! And we have one commercial for our next commercial break. And allow me to perform it. <clears throat> Imagine some Christmas music playing in the background. Chicken! Hi, I have a reservation for McAllister to the best Christmas movie ever. Ah! Stop that child! I don't think so. Hold it right there. Get down on your knees and tell me you love me. I love you! Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And we're back in the arena with some sweet, sexy saxophone music. And here comes Johnny B. Bad. He doesn't quite yet look just like Little Richard. Well, he does, but he doesn't have his awesome Slam Jam theme song quite yet. According to JR, though, last night on WCW Saturday Night, we saw Johnny B. Bad and Cactus Jack get into some fisticuffs when they were tag team partners. Of course, this was a taste of things to come, because we know they've already been selected as lethal lottery partners for Starcade tomorrow night. This was due to an early drawing held at a clash of the champions that I definitely watched. Johnny B. Bad shoots the Bad Blaster! The confetti barely gets to the crowd. It needs more explosive power, in my opinion. Uh, the opponents for Johnny B. Bad and Cactus Jack will, of course, be Heavy Metal Van Hammer and... Waylon Mercy. Know what I mean? Or Dangerous Dan Spivey, if you want to use his WCW name. But that's going to be at Starcade tonight. Johnny B. Bad taking on George South. 
Jim Ross pivots, indicating that Sting will also be in the Lethal Lottery, and he'll be receiving his WCW Battle Bowl 91 victory ring from the Cowboy Bill Watts and Hammer and Hank Aaron in a special ceremony. Those three men all in one ring. Anything can happen. Just check out Starcade at the Omni. Anywho, in the match, uh, Johnny B. Bad is stronger and quicker here, fans, but I tell you, George South has more experience. Michael P.S. Hayes makes another dynamite suggestion, saying that this time the jobber should once again focus on the superstar's left arm, just as he did previously when indicating that taking out the left arm of the natural Dustin Rhodes would put an end to the bulldog possibilities and winning scenarios of the natural. If you do the same thing to Johnny B. Bad, it neutralizes the kiss that don't miss or tutti fruity, depending on what era you're in. Left hook of Johnny B. Bad. JR pivots once again to beg fans to please scoop up the last remaining tickets for the Omni, being Starcade, of course. Hayes reiterates this fact You'd be an idiot to be able to come live and not see it. It'd be like being able to see a Braves World Series game and just watching it at home. George South, the veteran, hits a clubbing blow to the back of Johnny B. Bad. But Mark Merrill will have none of this. And then hits a Frankenbatter. Or a Frankensteiner. Or a Herdkenrata. Whatever you want to call it. Then finishes with his patented left hook. Oh man. That'll knock the taste right out of your holiday mouth. Says JR in regards to the left hook. And Johnny C wants to say. Hey. If any of you folks out there have what I guess JR would call a holiday mouth. Uh, let me know about it. Maybe we can get some lunch sometime and see what happens. We get a replay of the Hurricane Rana delivered by Johnny B. Bad. Michael Hayes calls it a backwards victory roll. Back at the CNN Center, JR hypes the NWA Championship match at Starcade between Masa, my hero Chono, I don't know if he's your hero, but he's certainly mine, defending against the great Muta. And here's a special feature. The special feature is Eric Bischoff narrating footage of an earlier match that these two gentlemen had in Japan. And true to form, these bastards are working stiff. Muda came close to victory, but the STF of Masa Mahiro Chono was too strong. Eric Bischoff then tells us fans, we should be proud of Cowboy Bill Watts and the WCW Booking Committee making sure that this match takes place on American soils and not in Japan. Good lord, man, that's kind of harsh. But it is the first time the two Japanese athletes will fight for the NWA title on American soil on Thursdays in the bottom of the 7th with runners on 3rd and 2nd on rainy days. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Except Lord Alfred Hayes, of course, doesn't say it, but I can't say promotional consideration paid for by the following without doing it in a Lord Alfred Hayes voice. It's Electronic Talking Battleship. So real, it really talks. Tony Schiavone is back to hype some more video games. Silent, Invisible, Invincible. Out of this world video game action. Get Predator 2 for Genesis before he gets you. <laughs> oh, it's fucking beautiful. Uh, the last promotional consideration is bicycle playing cards. Because your reputation is on the table. 
Imagine spending money to advertise your playing cards on television. When people go to buy playing cards, I mean, I'm talking just regular people, not people wearing cowboy hats, okay? When we go to buy cards, it's just fucking happenstance. I'll take whatever cheap fucking playing cards you got at the 7-Eleven, all right? I don't give a shit. I just need some cards for tonight's entertainment. Real commercials now. It's the Miracle Ear. We get lots of great footage of older individuals being able to hear because of the Miracle Ear, and that's a good thing, I'm just saying. But the commercial is super cheesy. An older gentleman, identified as George Messiner, he's an insurance agent, tells us that when he's in a restaurant, this Miracle Ear helps him hear better. Oh, I'm sorry, he tells us when he's in restaurant situations, it helps him hear better. So two things real quick. Number one, yes, he says restaurant. That's not just me. This old man, George, does indeed say this. Number two, restaurant or restaurant situations sounds like something Jim Ross would say. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Cowboy Bill Watts and the championship committee have been in closed-door meetings all day uh, trying to get a hold of these restaurant situations. Ray Hayes, a truck driver, tells us uh, it, it really makes a lot of difference in terms of hearing and your, and your way of laugh. We then get the same Home Alone 2 commercial from earlier. It makes sense. Uh, you know, you got to promote that film everywhere. Wrestling is a kid's show. Halloween 2 is a kid's movie, etc., etc. Next up, the Sega Genesis has blast processing power. Super Nintendo doesn't. So what does blast processing power do? Well, we then get clips of super fast action in video games like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Echo the Dolphin. We then see that the Sega Genesis is strapped to a race car, and it's going real fast. The Super Nintendo, playing Mario Kart, is attached to a broken-down, kidnappy, rapist white van. Welcome to the next level. Sega! Up next on the commercials, Everybody hates to eat and run, we'd rather take it slow. But the way this life is going, gotta grab your food and go. When all that running round catches up with you at last, get yourself some Alka-Seltzer and you feel better first. Yeah. Alka-Seltzer, the fresh maker. Well, that doesn't fit at all. But it is Alka-Seltzer, and I didn't even have to write the song down because, holy shit, it came right back to me. We get the same dandruff-defeating Head & Shoulders commercial, and then three times the action, three times the excitement, three times the laughs. The hottest video cassette in America is Lethal Weapon 3, now on video cassette. Back in the CNN Center, oh, with JR and Michael PSAs, I wanted more commercials. Uh, Shittlecom fans, a big tag team match we hopped up earlier, and a reminder, tickets still available for the Omni and Starcade. It's now time for another retrospective video on Sting, Vader, and the King of Cable. You know, it goes into a lot of detail showing us clashes between these two individuals that were one-on-one. -on -one. This video also includes tag team scenarios. I'm not going to go through all of them because it take all day. We get a reminder that Sting won Battle Bowl last year. Can he repeat this year after competing in the grueling King of Cable final? We'll find out tomorrow. Spoiler alert, uh, he won't. He will not be victorious in Battle Bowl. We kill some more time with another video that sets up the lethal lottery and the possible participants. You might see Dangerous Dan Spivey. Yes, you will. Van Hammer 
unfortunately, you will. Johnny B. Bad. Okay, now we're just naming the people that have already been promoted. Cactus Jack, come on. Sting, Jesus Christ. Stunning Steve Austin. Oh, no, actually, you won't see him. Dustin Rhodes, the natural. I guess you'll see him. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Nope. Dr. Death, Steve Williams. You'll get more than you bargained for on that one. Too Cold, Scorpio. Yep. Jushin Thunder Liger. Hell yes, he's the last guy picked. Thank the maker. Kensuke Sasaki. Yep. Although the announcer calls him Kenshu Saki. So buyer beware, I suppose. Rookie of the Year, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Nope. <laughs> Eric Watts. Well, I mean, come on. What do you fucking think? Of course you will. The Barbarian. Yep. Scotty Flamingo. Nope. Vinny Vegas. Unfortunately, no. And more. Well, that's true. You will see more. Plus, WCW title, Ron Simmons versus Ravishing Rick Rude. NWA title, Master Chono versus Muda. Unified tag team title, Steamboat and Douglas defend against Flying Brian and Barry Windham. Plus, the finals of the King of Cable, Sting versus Vader. It's all tomorrow night. More importantly, here come some more commercials. Glenn Ford and Jack Lemon. One's a city slicker, just chomping at the bit. The other's the real McCoy. It's Cowboy, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight on TBS. Now it's time for the Super Nintendo to fire some shots. Will they strike back against Genesis? They're here to advertise Battle Clash for the Super Nintendo featuring Super Scope. Oh my god. I forgot all about the Super Scope, and how could I? Because it appears in the Dynamite Blockbuster Super Mario Brothers. This ain't no game. You know, at this point, though, it doesn't matter if this game is any good because the commercial is super lame. It's more about a kidster who's shooting the Super Scope at random things in his house and blowing them to smithereens. Nevertheless, now you're playing with superpower. We then get a Starcade commercial. We're back already? No. This is actually a commercial on TBS for Starcade. I'll be goddamned. Up next, this Christmas on video cassette, the 50th anniversary of Casablanca. Oh, this is nice though. Believe it or not, fans, I actually didn't see Casablanca until late 2021. And guess what? It fucking rules. And hey, if you happen to purchase Taster's Choice Coffee, you could get a $5 rebate when you purchase the 50th anniversary video cassette of Casablanca. Up next, Lethal Weapon 3. Again! Mel Gibson still doesn't have that Australian accent under control after all this time. Now a commercial for a guy sitting at a desk. Well, he apologizes that he's another commercial. Oh, how meta. 1992, really bringing it here. But he does want to let us know about the Encyclopedia Britannica. Kidsters, if you're not familiar with this product, these days we just call it Google. However, if you don't have an internet connection and would like to purchase, 1-800-257-1234. I'm not responsible for what happens if you call that number. We're back in the CNN Center. And JR lets us know that Missy Hyatt is going to be on the hotline for the rest of the evening until midnight. And that sounds provocative. I wonder if it's all an accident. Uh, Michael, what do you think Missy Hyatt's going to be saying on the hotline? You know, she's she's going to be on it until midnight. She's got to touch herself at least once a day. Do you think she's done it? Friends, I apologize. I was just I was just thinking about what I'd like to hear from Missy Hyatt. Tony Schiavone takes over tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then after Starcade, Eric Bischoff and Teddy Long. Michael Hayes lets us know, yeah, there's no censors on the hotline, so we can ask the hard-hitting interview questions. Now it's time for our big match that was advertised earlier. 
and it's courtesy of WCW Worldwide. It's supposed to be Steamboat and Douglas defending the unified titles against beautiful Bobby Eaton and stunning Steve Austin. However, according to Michael Hayes, Barry Windham took Austin's spot so he could soften up Rick and Shane for Starcade. Michael P.S. Hayes, of course, was in the corner of the heels at the time of the match, and here we go! Stadala! 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 I do love Steamboat's music quite a bit. Uh, JR and Michael Hayes are doing added on color commentary, so it's like you can barely hear what's happening on the ring action because it's dubbed into an already taped show with dubbed in commentary. Hayes is all like, so we were back there getting ready to come out, and Bear Windham came up before us, and he was like, hey, I'm going to be in this match. And he looked really angry, and I wasn't about to get him more angry, so I was like, sure. Well, I'm sure he was emphatic in what was perceived to be a demand. That's in JR. Here comes the heel team. Sure enough, Barry Windham's here. What a shocker. JR says, here come Bob Eaton and Michael Hayes as well. And Michael Hayes is all like, hey, I love those guys. A big brawl gets us started. Referee Nick Patrick having all kinds of trouble maintaining order. Jesus, all four men on the outside, and look at that cold, hard concrete surrounding the ring. Seems like these guys are really tough. Or really stupid. Your choice. Steamer and Douglas, of course, won these unified tag titles on a clash of the champions from Wyndham and Rhodes. Afterwards, Barry Wyndham went fucking psycho and attacked the babyfaces with a chair, thus turning Wyndham heel and uh, destroying the Rhodes-Wyndham configuration. JR says, well, the experience that young Shane Douglas has gotten from Ricky Steamboat, he can take it with him forever. Well, JR, where was that experience during the Dean Douglas era? Jim Ross then yells at Michael Hayes for taking a cheap shot on Douglas. Hayes is like, whatever, I don't care, I don't like Shane Douglas. Ah, oh, touche, Michael. <laughs> Michael, touche. The match is fine. It is a little basic. Shane Douglas pretty much is your baby face in peril. He gets cheap shots from the heels when the ref isn't looking. He, You know, they cut off his tag. I mean, you've seen this a thousand times. Uh, leading to the big finish, we see a rocket launcher by the heels. Shades of the Midnight Express. I enjoyed this. However, uh, the rocket launcher is missed, and Bobby Eaton falls on his face. On commentary, Hayes is like, Well, I'll tell you what, Jim Ross, it's the thought that counts, mostly. And that's true. It's the Christmas season. It's the thought that counts. It doesn't matter that you missed the rocket launcher. The fact that you went out of your way to do it is a-okay with me. Steamboat gets the hot tag, shocker, and hits some nice martial arts maneuvers, according to Jim Ross. The finish sees Ricky coming off the top rope, even though that's illegal. With a crossbody block on beautiful Bobby. Now he hits beautiful Bobby because Barry Windham ducks to avoid the splash like a bitch. But it keeps Windham strong heading into Starcade as he doesn't take the fall and it makes him seem like a dick. So it fits with the overall narrative. We then get a replay of the crossbody finishing spot. JR calls it, ah, it's like runners on base, two strikes against you, and Steamboat gets the hit to win the game. We do love those Atlanta Braves here in WCW. It's time for a commercial timeout, but when we come back, predictions for Starcade. Before we could get to some real commercials, Tony Schiavone hypes the house shows yet again. Now it's time for the main event, the commercials. Wario is back, trying to convince us not to play with Mario, hyping Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins for Game Boy yet again. 
I will say, the game is great, so I'm okay with it getting multiple commercial spots. Now it's time for Jordash Jeans! Some dude is playing the acoustic guitar on the beach, as one was apt to do in the 90s. Gotta find that girl wearing Jordash Jeans, the prettiest girl I ever did see. This commercial is bonkers. It's mainly about people on the beach lifting weights and looking hot and sexy. It ends with a girl in a bikini. Not even Jordash jeans, mind you. Busting an absolute move, having a fucking one-person dance party in front of a huge bonfire on the beach. And all you hear is the Australian flute thing. I forget what it's called, but it's like... And this chick is just going to fucking town. Really feeling the beat. It Rhythm is truly a dancer. It gets control of her. Music healing everywhere. Y'all remember that song? It was a fucking great 92 song. Up next, a kidster. He's uh, standing in some... He's wearing some shorts. He's topless. And in front of him is a mirror. This kidster's name is uh, Tommy. And he's got himself a glass of milk. He's talking to himself in the mirror. And he's body shaming the fuck out of himself. Luckily, the reflection changes and becomes Tommy two years from now, and he's been working out and drinking some milk. Two years from now, Tommy is in pretty decent shape. Now we see 16-year-old Tommy. He's still drinking his milk, and he's got even more muscles. Now he's a grown-up. Tommy, at 18 years old, is in the mirror. He says, well, Tommy, if you haven't believed anything about your future self, has said, check out your 18-year-old girlfriend, a girl in 1990s workout gear, then arrives in the mirror next to Buff Tommy. Hi, Tom. I'm waiting, she says. The crazy reflections then disappear, and little Tommy furiously chugs his milk, hoping to see the titsters of the girl stir, but he's still a kidster. Milk, it does a body good. Three times the action with Lethal Weapon 3 for the third fucking time. Uh, this week on Larry King Live, join us for the feminist reaction to the Clinton administration's cabinet choices. Also, our automatic telemarketing machines invading your privacy, and a survey of gloom and doom economic forecasts all this week on Larry King Live. The big final segment here on the go home for Starcade 92, back in the CNN Center. Uh, Michael WWE World Title Match. Michael Hayes predicts the match is going over 30 minutes and we're going to have a new world champion. JR responds, uh, that's the correct analogy for that matchup, Michael. <laughs> okay, what about the World Unified Tag Team titles? I'm going to surprise you, yeah, but Steamboat and Douglas, only because Ricky Steamboat is the greatest big money match man in the world. Well, I'm going to surprise you right back, Michael. I'm going with the challengers. NWA title match, you wonder? I'm going with Chono. And I'm going with the great Muta. He's had some great matches in the Omni, and I'm sure another one will be delivered tomorrow night at Starcade. King of Cable Finals. Hayes says, Vader, all the way, including the Battle Bowl. I don't care. As long as he gets picked, I don't care if Lord Littlebrook's his partner. He's going to win Battle Bowl and the King of Cable. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm also choosing Vader to become the King of Cable. Fans, don't forget the hotline, and some seats are still available in the Omni. We will see you tomorrow night. A little bit of time left in the video. We get a commercial for exact acne treatment. Then Blistex medicated lip balm. Finally, we leave as we started with a video game box in the frame. Tony Schiavone on the call. 
the number one arcade shooter of all time explodes on the Genesis and Game Boy. It's Terminator 2, the arcade game. Blast some endoskeletons and defeat the T-1000! <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. What a trip of nostalgia that was, man. I tell you what, that was a lot of fun for me. I hope it was a lot of fun for you. And you know, after all this, why don't you do yourself a favor and check out Starcade 92. After all, some great seats are still available. And after listening to this recap of the Go Home, who wouldn't want to see what happens in the Omni? Remember folks to subscribe to Aqua Cave so you get notified whenever new content drops. For Jim Ross, Michael P.S. Hayes, Tony Schiavone, and Rosanna Arquette's nipples, I'm Johnny C, and a winner is you.